Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. just want you amen nothing else nothing else praise the lord everybody amen so good to see some of y'all smiling faces on the men from uh whatever the next wave of winter amen comes up on you so glad to see you back in the house of the lord and everybody too the different ones that was here on uh friday that participated in the uh, Christmas banquet or potluck or carry-in, whatever you want to call it. Amen. Good time. A lot of laughter that I heard back there whenever I finally arrived and, and such and people having a good time. And so that's tremendous. And uh, several of you received some just prestigious awards and things of that nature. And uh, <clears throat> we won't say much more about that, but amen. Just grateful for the good time that we're able to have. Time of fellowship. Amen. With one another. Tremendous. Amen. And so we're also glad to have Pat Baldwin with us this morning. Amen. We're so glad that she made her way over here today. Amen. She's in service with us. We appreciate her. Amen. Today being with us. And these doors are always open to her. I want her to know that. Amen. This morning. Hallelujah. We're going to be turning to the gospel of Mark. The gospel of Mark. I know it's the time of year we, you know, your lights are outside and inside and everywhere. And our house is no different than many of having lights on the inside. And my wife goes all out. And I think we could really liquidate some of the Christmas decor that we have. Uh, but there is a lot of it. And she uses a lot of it. And uh, I was up uh, late last night continuing doing some study. And it was a little after 2 o'clock. And I was uh, getting ready to go to bed. And so uh, we have the uh, remotes for the plug-ins, right, for certain things. But then there's other things candles and gnomes and things like that that are battery operated that are not on timers and uh, the candles supposed to have remotes but whenever the batteries start just it seems like getting a little low they don't communicate right and so at two o'clock in the morning I'm turning these things that are easy to turn off off and getting ready to head to bed and notice candles flickering and gnomes faces glowing and Sister Sheila, I had to go around to all these stupid candles and gnomes and candy canes and everything else, get them out of their lattice work of the lantern and shut them off. And put, that's the last thing. I'm telling you right now, at 2 o'clock, I was ready at that point. You know, I've served my purpose. And I was ready just to hit the bed. But instead, you know, some people are keeping the fire burning. I was putting them out. And so trying to get to bed. So I'm just so thankful for this Christmas season. Amen. Mark chapter number three. Mark chapter number three. Next time I'm going to make sure they have those type of lights off before they go to bed. Amen. Amen. Or they're just going to go till they run out of life. Mark three and verse number 14. The Bible states these words in the New Testament. And he and the he there is Jesus. And he ordained 12 that they should be with him and that he might send them forth to preach and to have power to heal sickness and to cast out devils. He ordained, the tw- he ordained I want to say ordained, he ordained the 12 that they should be with him and then to preach, cast out devils and also heal the sick. Amen. For a little while this morning, I want to minister this today. Our first ministry, our first ministry. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer today. Father, we love you. God, we're grateful, Lord, that you have, God, met us here today as we congregated together, Lord, with worship and songs of praise. And we lift up our voices, Lord, and we've listened, Lord, in our lives at certain times have identified with the lyrics that have been sung here. I pray, oh God, let there be an identification, Lord, with the word today. God, help it, Lord, to lead and guide and direct our lives. And we will, God, not fail to thank you, Jesus. Jesus, for what you accomplished, Lord, here this morning. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray, amen. And you may be seated this morning. When you read the first two verses of uh, my text that I read to you this morning, then 
shortly thereafter in the next verses are uh, the names of the 12 that the Lord had ordained, the, the 12 that he had called and chosen unto himself. And these men that he chose, these men that he ordained would spend much time alongside uh, the Lord in his earthly ministry that lasted for about three and a half years. These particular men mentioned here in the Gospel of Mark would have the privilege of witnessing much of the ministry of the life of Christ firsthand. They, many of them would be there as blind eyes would be opened and some of the dead that he raised back to life. Others would be there as he fed thousands with just a meager little bit of loaves and of fishes. They were the ones that were eyewitnesses to so many of the accounts of the life of Christ. And some of them, even more than others, had a front row seat to the ministry of Jesus Christ. Some of them were pulled away from others at times to uh, an area and to a means of ministry that maybe, you know, five or half of the others did not even witness. For instance, uh, three of them or four of them were taken aside whenever Jairus' daughter was brought back to life. And what a tremendous thing that must have been to behold as a disciple to see one that was pronounced dead and then brought back to life even to the degree that as they are on their way to Jairus's house and uh, the story says that that lady with the issue of blood touched Jesus's garment and was made whole that finally a servant of Jairus's came and said don't trouble the master because she's dead now just there's the interruption of time of, of the lady with the issue of blood and now enough time has went by that she's just dead don't trouble him yet he went anyway and took those three inner disciples to be witnesses of someone being raised from the dead those three also were taken up to the mount that is known as the mount of transfiguration because of what took place there what happened there the Lord transfiguring before their eyes and having conversation with Moses and Elijah and Peter even said Lord it's good for us to be here let us build three tabernacles here and just stay here for a little while they, they had such a privilege extended to them to be able to witness the ministry of the Lord and no doubt witnessing these things being a disciple seeing blind eyes open the lame walking right unclean spirits being cast out no doubt that stoked a fire in their own ministry stoked a fire in their own hearts for wanting to see similar things as they would go out and minister as they would go out and share the word of the Lord and the gospel. They, they no doubt desired to see the dead raised, you know, in their ministries and blind eyes being opened and unclean spirits being dispatched through their ministries. And besides, this is one of the things that the Lord has called them to, to preach the word. He has called them to and invested in them power that they would heal the sick and cast out devils. So if their ministries followed that same pattern, that, that would just be the fulfillment of everything that the Lord had called them to do. Everything that he had commissioned them to do. And from the early chapter of even Acts chapter number 3, we read of, of uh, some of these disciples. We read of Peter and John being instrumental in the miracle of the man that was born lame. And at that tabernacle, they took him by the hand and said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give unto thee. And they pulled him up. And his ankle bones and his feet and legs received strength and he began to walk and leap and praise God. And no doubt they thought in the back part of their mind, this is, this is what it is about. This, this, is, this is what we have been called to. He, he sent us forth with power to heal the sick and now uh, through, through our hands as pieces of conduit, so to speak, we're being instrumental and in seeing some of these same things that we saw him do. And the acts of the apostles all throughout the scripture do nothing more but illustrate the ministry that he had commissioned them to do that they are doing. They're preaching the word and they are seeing unclean spirits dispatched. The gospel is being preached and the disciples are increasing as the Bible says in Acts 16, a, a girl with a spirit of divination that is cast forth from her. She's made whole. This is the story of the book of Acts. This is the story of the Acts of the apostles. And whenever we see that happening in Acts and we see what happened in Jesus' life and time and ministry in our 
era and in our generation, we're like, man, sign me up, right? Because there's no amen at the end of Acts. There's no finality. There's no so be it. There's no period per se. That, that was to carry on from generation to generation. The gospel being preached. Sicknesses being healed. Unclean spirits being dispatched. So in our generation, we're like, man, we, we want to adopt that. We, we want to attempt to mirror what the first church was and what those first disciples were. And we want those same happenings of the life and times of Christ to happen right now because Christ is living in us and a part of us. And, and we reason that if the first church saw those things and we want to participate in those same type of deliverances and healings and transformation that our modern day church should experience no less because I'm a proponent. If it's written this word then I want to be a part of it, right? I'm not of that persuasion that says miracles are over, signs are over, healings are over. No, 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 no. They're not over. They still exist, Brother Trout. Amen. And I believe we can be a part of that. And more than once I've heard churches uh, throughout the ages of my life I've heard them tout and I've heard them say that our mission ought to be the mission of Jesus Christ. And I agree with that. And they spoke how Jesus came. He said his mission was to seek and to save that which was lost. And therefore, if we are to mirror his mission, then we are also to seek. And at the very least, we can't save people, but we can point them to God's saving grace. And so that should be our mission. And that was even the practice of the early church through the disciples, just a short survey of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles reports that there were people that believed and the number of the men the Bible says was somewhere around 5,000 in Acts chapter number 4. The Bible says that the numbers were multiplied in Acts chapter number 6. A great number is the wording believed in Acts 11 and the churches increased in number daily in Acts 16. Our former National Youth President of the Assemblies of the Lord Jesus Christ, Pastor Josh Wilson and over and over during his tenure told us that we are missionaries to the world that we live in day by day and so we stand back and we see all the happenings we're like I want to be a part of that I, I, I want to mirror that I, I want to exude that in my own life everything that the first church dabbled in and performed and participated in I want to witness I want to participate don't you Amen, want to be a part of that? And we've had it. We've had it, no doubt, in years go by around here of sicknesses that, that waned and souls that came in and demons even that were dispatched, amen, in, in church buildings that used to be ours, amen, that we owned. And what had been, of course, for sure still needs to be today because there are still yet many souls in need of saving and there is still yet much cleansing that needs to take place and healing that needs to happen. The, the ministry of Jesus and the ministry of the apostles, it's not done. It's not over. They did not do everything that needed to be done. Amen. They didn't reach the last soul or heal the last sickness or cast out the last devil. It still needs to take place. But the primary reason for the apostles' appointment, according to verse 14 of our text, an ordination by the Lord wasn't the ministry of preaching the gospel wasn't the ministry of healing the sick wasn't the ministry of exorcism over some demon the bible says first and foremost in verse 14 he ordained the 12 that they should be with him he ordained the first among all the list of preaching the word giving them power to heal the sick and cast out demons. First in the list, Brother Roberts, was that he ordained them, he called them, he commissioned them to be with him. In other words, this was the order, be with me and then go preach. Be with me and then get power to heal sickness. Be with me and then receive power to cast out demons because the fact of the matter, as it is in the life and time of Christ in the book of Acts and as it is still today, all other forms of ministry, regardless of what they are, however big or small that you gauge them in your human mind, all other forms of ministry and power for that matter to do such ministry stems from our first ministry of being with him. Someone say amen. 
the mission. The first apostolic church, many know it by heart, but our mission as we have, uh, it, it opens up our uh, podcast. If you listen to podcasts, it's here, there. Amen. To love as God loves, right? And to show compassion to each soul, thus winning those souls. Huh? And equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. That sounds like great ministry. Love them as God loves. Show compassion. Amen. Win them. Uh, equip them. Send them out to plant and harvest. But let me say this, and I'm not here to reword or change our mission, but I will say this that mission will be a hollow drum if we don't attend to our first mission of being with Him. We can't love anybody. We can't love anybody like he loves unless we first spend time with him. We can't show compassion unless we've rubbed shoulders with the one who had so much compassion when he looked upon the multitudes. The Bible says that he moaned in his spirit. We can't do it without spending time with him. We'll never save a soul. We'll never equip them for planting or harvest until we get our first mission, our first ministry of spending time with him. Someone say amen. So I'm not here to reword it, but I'm here simply to herald a reminder to our church what our first ministry is. It will not matter. Sometimes we're scratching our heads, and I say that maybe I fell prone to this time or two, maybe not publicly, but just in my own mind or in my own office wondering uh, what new ministry could we try? What, what different method could we endeavor to use? What, what, what new venue could we seek out and do? When the fact of the matter is this, it wouldn't matter what new ministry, what new committee, what new venue. If I don't get my first ministry right, uh, being with him, we we are ambassadors of the Lord, but we got to know whom we are ambassadors for. We can't herald a message that we're not acquainted with. We can't go forth and talk about somebody that we don't spend a man time at his feet with. Our first ministry is to him. If we want to win the world, then we got to stop somewhere along the day, the week, the month, and spend some time with the one who's going to do the winning, that's going to do the drawing. That Our first ministry is to him. Amen. Because listen, sickness will mock your efforts if you've not spent time with him. Demons will laugh at our demands. Whew. You didn't hear me? Demons will laugh at our demands if we disregard our first ministry. We'll be no better than the sons of Sceva said, I jury you by Christ Jesus whom Paul preacheth. Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? These were people that didn't have a first ministry of spending time with the Lord. And so demons even disregarded them, amen, as a result of it. Look at Acts chapter number 4 and verse number 13. This is the story, Acts 3 and Acts 13 is the playing out of the, the man that was sitting by the gate beautiful who was healed of his dilemma of lameness, lameness which had been lame since birth. And the Bible says here is the hierarchy of, of, of the high priests and some of the religious rulers. And the Bible says now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and took knowledge of the them why that they had been with Jesus they said that we perceive that they're unlearned we perceive that they're ignorant and yet because of these supposed unlearned and ignorant men the Bible though in the same breath says they marveled the marveling was not because of them as individuals on a human standard they marveled because there was something different there was something not the same there was something bold there was something powerful there and it wasn't because they went to do ministry amen without Christ it's because they had spent time with Christ they said you know what I know I know why I'm marveling right now I know why this impact has happened happened at the gate called beautiful they took knowledge of them why because they had been with Jesus and so the earmark difference of Peter and John in Acts chapter number three and four is simply that they had been with Jesus for that matter this whole scenario if you'll remember this whole scenario plays out at the temple because the Bible says 
at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour, Peter and John were headed to the temple because it was the hour of prayer. What were they doing when they came by the lame man? They was on their way to spend some time with Jesus. They was on their way to sit at his feet, if you will. And when you spend time with him, you can have impact in your world. They'll acknowledge you. They'll marvel, not because of you, but because you've rubbed shoulders with something. You've touched something. You've allowed the influence of something to come upon your life. The religious leaders noted, they said they saw the boldness of Peter and John. They marveled because they had been with Jesus. The way to gain the world's impact Amen. To gain their attention for a positive impact. Amen. The way to gain the attention even of the real religious world. Amen. For a movement in the right direction is by us returning to our first ministry. Being with the Lord. He'll send us forth as apostles and prophets. He will tell us as he later told his disciples before ascending and departing from this earth. He will tell us like he told them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. But that's only stated after for three and a half years they've spent time. Huh? He doesn't say that at the beginning. He says that after three and a half years. Of them sleeping where he slept. They walking where he walked. Them participating in what he participated in. And after that time spent, Sister Sheila, he says, go. Go. Why? Because you've spent time enough here that now you'll be effective out there. You've spent Go into all the world and preach to every creature. You've ate where I ate. You've seen what I've seen. You've slept where I've slept. You've been on the shore of Galilee. You've been in the boat. You've been on the mountain. You've been in the grass with me. Amen. Go! Someone say amen. Mark 16. Allow me a few verses of scripture here. Because this is the closure of Mark. This, this, This is that going into all the world. This is the commissioning of the Lord to his disciples that those ones that had spent time with him prior amen to him ascending into the heavens know what the Bible says Mark look at this just for a moment Mark 16 verse 15 and he said unto them go ye into all the world preach the gospel to every creature he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved but he that believeth not shall be damned and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name they cast out devils they shall speak with new tongues they shall take up serpents and if they drink any deadly thing it shall not hurt them they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover so then after the Lord had spoken unto them he was received up into heaven and set on the right hand of God look at verse 20 and they went forth and preached everywhere the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs falling now Jesus whenever he's talking to them he's talking to them note the language he says they shall they shall they shall he's talking to them about what they will do about what they will accomplish you've been with me for three and a half years let me tell you what you're going to do and what you're going to accomplish and the bible says after he ascended into heaven what happens the disciples go forth and what's happening they're preaching everywhere and signs and wonders are confirming the word and following them devils were being cast out the sick were recovering the word was preached and where the question is this though where did they go forth from where did they go forth from it says they went forth where did they go forth from they went forth from being with him they left the feet of the master amen to the arena of the ministry hallelujah they went forth from being with him amen they kept their first ministry and as a result they're preaching everywhere as a result now the Lord is working with them and confirming his word 
with signs following. Hear me this morning. If we make him our first ministry, he'll work through our other ministries. Let me say it again. If we'll make him our first ministry, he'll work through our other ministries. If we'll make him first, he'll work with us. Old Testament scripture speaks of Moses, of course. Moses felt like he was slow of speech and inadequate to be able to speak much. The Lord told him, he says, I'll make you as a prophet unto the people. Or even he spoke to him concerning Aaron, I'll make you as a God unto Aaron. Meaning that he was going to fill that intermediary row, right? Moses would go to God and come to the people, go from the people and go to God. Nonetheless, spoke to him as a prophet, conveying the voice of God to Aaron and his sons and the nation of Israel, serving then Aaron and his sons even as priests, keeping that connection. Priest's row was really was to keep that connection for the people with God. God to the people and the people to God. The priests were to that. And God had called the nation of Israel, he called them a kingdom of priests and a holy nation, meaning that 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 specified people, that nation, in the mind of God was to be a people on the earth to keep the rest of the earth connected to a higher power that wasn't some polytheistic God or anything like, to a higher power who was the creator of the universe. That was the role and the responsibility of his people. They were to help bring others closer to God. The nation of Israel served that very well, amen, in their time on the earth, sometimes better, uh, uh, sometimes than others. But nonetheless, that was their role. That was their responsibility, bringing others to a closer connection with God, right? And so they had to keep in contact with God in order to do that justice. They couldn't draw others to someone they had a limited connection to. And so as we minister to him, we, we draw others. We even attract others to us. The old saying, the old leadership saying, or biblical, I guess, uh, statement is that you many times attract others to you before you attract them to God. But if you are with God, as you attract them to you, you are attracting them to. If you're with God. If you're fulfilling your first ministry, they're not just be attracting to a personality of James Malone, but out of your belly is flowing rivers of water for a thirsty soul. You're... And so even Peter in the New Testament scripture, he called the church a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Because as the nation of Israel was in the Old Testament, so would the church be in the New Testament. They would provide that connection to God for a world that was around them. They would assist in connecting others to God. Huh? Because that's what the priest does. He occupies himself, right? You read all the Old Testament. And you're, most of the time you're reading about priests, amen, of the Old Testament. They're occupying themselves with the things of God. The ministry of God, the ministry of the word, the sacrifice, the blood, all these different things that they are occupying themselves with. It is the things of God. Because in reality, what good is a priest that has no God connection? Furthermore, what good is a church that neglects its first ministry of being with him? Exodus 28 and 40, concerning this priesthood and concerning these things, note, this is the the consecration of Aaron as high priest and his sons as priests, the Levitical priesthood. The Bible says, and for Aaron's sons, thou shalt make coats. Thou shalt make for them girdles and bonnets shalt thou make for them for glory and for beauty. Thou shalt put them upon Aaron, thy brother and his sons with him and shalt anoint them and consecrate them. And sanctify them that they may minister unto me in the priest office. The clothes of the high priest, the clothes of the priest themselves, they were all handmade. 
handmade by chosen artisans, people that knew how to work linen and, and work at a loom and sew and spin these particular materials that made up these garments. They were tailor-made clothing for the priest. And according to Scripture, those tailor-made clothes had to be upon them before they were anointed. That clothing had to be upon them before they were consecrated, before they were sanctified. However, even all of this anointing and consecration and, and, and sanctification, all these things had a purpose. These things had to be so the priest could minister first and foremost unto the Lord. Look at other verses of Scripture in the same chapter, Exodus 28. Other verses of Exodus. In Exodus 28, verse number 1 states this. And thou shalt and take thou unto thee Aaron thy brother. He's speaking to Moses. And his sons with him from among the children of Israel. Note that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. Verse number 3 says, and I'm jumping about right in the middle of this verse, says that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. The Lord could have just easily have said and worded it like this in all these episodes that they should be clothed with the clothing, anointed, consecrated, and sanctified that they may minister unto the, unto the children of Israel in the priest's office. He could have said that. But no, he stated emphatically, so that they will minister, may minister unto me. Because even all the way back in the Old Testament, his priests and the New Testament holy priest, royal priesthood that we are a part of now, his first ministry was unto the Lord. We're chosen to minister to God. We've been clothed. We, we, Tailor-made garments have been made for the purpose of ministering to God. We're anointed to minister to him. We're consecrated to minister to him. We're sanctified to minister to him. That is our first ministry. Someone say amen. We can't get it confused. Because let me tell you, as a pastor and a minister of the gospel, I've been doing this gig for about 30 years, over 30 years, 32 years of ministry. I'll admit to you this morning that it feels good sometimes, Brother Mason, when the anointing of the Lord sweeps in while preaching or in a service or anything and works with me while I preach. There is a distinguished, if you serve in this capacity, you know what I'm saying. There is a distinguished, noticeable difference. You've heard Brother Mason sometimes say, I feel my help coming. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about that anointing. That comes, I feel my help coming. There's a noticeable difference. There is, there is an exuberance, amen, that is felt. There is the unction of the Holy One that is working in tandem with me. At times, I know when it arrives. I know when it comes as I begin to minister. But lest I forget that that anointing that comes upon me in that moment, lest I forget its first purpose. It's not for preaching the word. It's not for preaching the word. That anointing's not coming for me to lay a hand upon the sick. I understand according to Old Testament writ, I've been anointed so I can minister to him. It feels good. I love the exuberance, but he creates that atmosphere first and foremost. So I'll turn my attention heavenward and I'll minister unto him. Someone say amen. Hallelujah. I've learned over these 30 some odd years of ministry that if I want its, if I want its witness as I minister to others, then I better not abuse its purpose by forgetting to minister to him. If I want the anointed and every other ministry of my life I got to utilize it amen for ministering unto the Lord because that's why the consecration came that's why the sanctification came that's why the anointing came to minister unto the Lord he set us apart for being his amen that is a dirty microphone there's enough liquid that flows on this thing it gets rusty so This is one of my occupational hazards. <laughs> New Testament. Our beloved disciple, the Apostle Peter, 
prior to the crucifix of the Lord denies him how many times three times and note and I'll point out in scripture the very thing Peter denied was his first ministry because from the collection of the gospels the harmony of the gospels we find Peter did this three times and you can read it in Matthew and Mark and some of the wording is just a little bit different but they all come to bear this and uh, I'm just going to throw a couple references out there but Matthew records in Matthew 26 69 and that's not up there brother Mason but in Matthew 26 69 it records the damsel spoken to Peter and said thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee you were with him and the other account of verse 71 says another maid comes to him and says this fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth John notes in his writing of the account that the last time that Peter denied the Lord that one servant of the high priest asked Peter did not I see thee in the garden with him whenever Peter denied three times he was basically saying I wasn't with him he was denying his first ministry all the other gospels even uh, read him you know denying and of course Peter is a disciple of the Lord he's one of the twelve which meant we understand in our text that his ordination was for the purpose of being with the Lord and so even to deny to be a disciple was to deny being with the Lord and to do that was to deny his first ministry but all of this is the reason why then that before Peter would effectively preach on the day of Pentecost, before that, there was a seashore in Galilee that he would be questioned at. After the resurrection, after all of this have happened and they had taken to fishing again upon the sea and there's one that's standing on shore and, and uh, one's looking out and he says I believe that's the Lord and Peter kind of pulls his garment together and the Bible says he jumps in the water and he swims to the shore because realizes that this is Jesus and he already has some fish and he has coves and fire and fish there upon the coast and the question that Jesus asked Peter and he wanted Peter specifically to be there out of all the disciples he asked Peter the same question three times right Peter do you love <laughs> three times Peter do you love me and the response that 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 Peter retorted with was virtually the same each time Lord you know I love you Lord you know I love you and based upon each of those responses, the Lord would follow it up then with another question or instruction rather than a question really. Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? I love you, Lord. Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. Feed my Peter. I'm, there. I'm sure he's getting a little weary at this point. Do you love me? You know, Lord, that I love you. Feed my sheep. What are you doing, Jesus? What are you doing? I'm just checking on Peter because I can't entrust the ministry of others to him unless I'm convinced that he's dedicated to me in his first ministry. Do you love me? Then go do this for others. But don't you can't go until I'm convinced first that there's a first ministry. Amen. Amen. He didn't want Peter to pattern himself after a Martha that gets busy with doing several things and forsakes being a Mary that will sit at the feet of Jesus. And remember what the Lord told Martha, that Mary had chose the good part, the one needful thing. And that was to be with him. That's our first ministry. That's what we've been appointed to. That's what we have been ordained to. If you are a Martha, I would pause all the serving that you're doing right now and stop and spend time with him. If you're like the Apostle Peter, 
I wouldn't feel threatened by others maybe noticing the time you're spending with him. If you're a priest, and I'm not talking about literally, but if you're part of that royal priesthood of the church, of the church age in our generation, we can by no means bridge the gap between God and fallen man without picking up our first ministry of being with him. Someone say amen. God could only entrust Peter with a Pentecost because he could answer the question of love by Galilee. If you'll stand with me this morning, dream and imagine with me for a moment. What would our classes look like that's being held in these these different rooms in the church. What would they look like if intentionally and consistently teachers spent time with him before they taught? How would our worship services, Brother Fred, soar even before, even beyond what we had here today if we made a concerted effort to acknowledge him? before participating right here. Could the preacher be more passionate if he was glowing like Moses because he had spent time from, with God on the mount before he ever came down to talk to the people? Because this ministry of being with him, listen to me well, it feeds every other ministry. Brother McGee, I'm not a preacher. I'm not a teacher. This really don't apply to me. You have a ministry. You witness on the job, witness to the Lord, and then go witness on the job. Spend time with him. It feeds every other ministry. It is the foundation, I'll tell you, according to his word, it is the foundation to winning the loss. It is the foundation to witnessing the miraculous. It puts the fire in our testimony. Huh? Our first ministry puts the pool in our persuasion as we talk to others. Our first ministry, amen, our worship's passion is found there in spending time with him. That, that perpetual praise that we have, amen, it emanates from that place of spending time with him. The cadence of our music and the anointing and conviction in our songs, it comes from the first ministry. It's the power in the pulpit. The first ministry. It's also the refuge for the troubled. It's all of that spending time with the Lord. How can we do this? Let me, I'll tell you this. Your first ministry, you can spend it. You can spend it in prayer. You can spend it fasting. You can spend it by maybe sitting and listening just for the voice of God in silence. You can be meditating upon the word of the Lord and his goodness and everything that is recorded there, his marvelous works, his great works. However you achieve it, just make sure that he's a part of it because we've been ordained for this. Preach the word, yeah. Power to heal the sick, yes. But first, we've been ordained to be with him. If we bow our heads all across this place today. Whew. Father, I feel the weight today. I feel the burden and the responsibility, God, of an ordination. God, of an appointment. God, of being with you. God, every other effort will either be, Lord, pushed forward or drawn back. Lord, many times based upon the adequacy of our functioning in the first ministry of being with you. God, I'm thankful for the Pentecost. Lord, we, we climb up to the housetop and we cry out about all of that. My God, what a move of God. Preceded by seven to ten days of prayer, preceded by a Peter by Galilee that said, you know I love you, Lord. You know I love you. Folks, there would be no greater conviction, no greater conviction, no greater observation of anybody than they would see that somebody that spends time with him.
that 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 person over there they marvel because you're just an ordinary person but there's something there's just something that just is a slight variance oh they spend time with him yeah because that's what i've been ordained to first and foremost my preaching is shallow i lay hands on people and there's this and that and demons don't even pay attention unless i've spent time with him my god lord take us back lord to the first ministry the first ministry of just getting lost and being where you are the first ministry of just being captivated by the glory the majesty of who you are god nothing else lord in that moment nothing else mattering nothing else having any pool upon us but we're we're we just totally closed out the world as we know it we have focused our attention upon the audience of one it's our first ministry brother mcgee i got lost family and i got this i do too listen i do too but i can't reach forward to them if i don't have a hand on him i can't reach forward to them if i don't have a hand on him these altars are open today this would be a good time just to dream with me a little bit and say what what would happen if we were would just collectively get back to a first ministry with the lord how would that how would that influence how would that spawn how would that energize with exuberance all the other ministries brother mcgee i feel the anointing sometimes yeah i do too many times but i don't need to forget why it's there it needs to be directed upward before it's directed anywhere else because that's the reason why it was put there that I might minister to him let's talk to the Lord right now let's talk to the Lord come on from your pew from where you're standing coming to an altar don't be afraid of the altar this is not our enemy this is our friend amen we need the altar this morning God I'm going to get back to my first ministry I'm going to get back to my first ministry I'm, I'm going to plead with my lost family but I'm going to, I'm going to plead with God I, I'm going to talk to others about you but I'm going to plead with God I'm going to tell others that God can heal their bodies but I'm going to plead with God I'm going to get to my first ministry you've ordained me for this you've appointed me for this hallelujah Jesus oh yes let's talk to him today I love you Lord you are holy you are you are holy oh Lord Lord we offer you oh with the mighty in a mighty Praise, yes, we do, God. In a mighty chorus, you are holy. You are holy, wonderful in all your ways. Holy, you are holy, Lord. And to Wonderful 
cannot neglect that they were a part of just being with him just being with him amen we're going to take up our first offering for operations shared this morning before we uh, dismiss and depart from here or perhaps as we dismiss and uh, depart again this goes for uh, families in our community it will help provide a meal for them around this christmas holiday and also uh, there's a, always a store set up with uh, toys and and uh, items that they can go there and shop for each other that uh, that they'll have something to offer each other on Christmas Day. Amen. And so uh, we're going to take up an offering. Brother Malone, do you mind helping me? We're going to take up an offering as Brother Mason just plays something. And as you exit today, amen, please give, amen, from the depths of your heart, amen, for this purpose of our community. It all stays right here within our community. Amen. And so uh, bless someone today through your giving. In Jesus' name. And you're dismissed. We'll see you tonight. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.